In a world where three pudgy middle school history teachers discuss random aspects of history. Well, that's... that's all I got. No, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, Wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. It's the History Bros Podcast. <laughs> History Bros Podcast coming at you today from the great state of denial, which is not to be confused with a river in North Africa. Welcome in, everybody. I am Jason Rude, joined by, flanked by Jason Hatfield, Brian Geldmacher. How are you guys doing? I'm confused. I'm trying to source this out. What? <laughs> Well, whatever happened to your big, like, hey, it's the History Bros. And now it's kind of like, come in at you, the History Bros. Well, we'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> am I am I doing it wrong again? You're, you're kind of, you know, you're sort of borderline um, tractor pull advertising. Oh. oh. Well, I am from Iowa. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Well, um, okay. Well, I mean, then I guess that's that's, that's decided. I mean, <laughs> so, I, mean, um, I wanted to say something rude. You may not have that much interest in this, but Brian, since you appreciate beer, um, sure. <laughs> I did. I was, uh, well, I mean, rude. You don't drink, so no, um, that's true. So there was. I just read about, and apparently this has been around. I don't know if it's still around, but like in 2013, there's a Japanese beer maker. That was making a beer, uh, like a sort of like a coffee kind of porter, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, that was made from coffee beans that had passed through an elephant. Oh, I've heard about this. I've heard about this, too. Um, would you want to try a beer like that? No. <sighs> I would not. I mean, you no. got to think no. the fermentation no. and the, no. the brewing pro the brewery brewery process right. would probably right. you know kill off the smell well uh, <laughs> i mean i don't know what the point is i mean they don't just like shovel the mounds into the <laughs> whatever <laughs> but then what's, but also what's the point of take of you know having the coffee go through there like the beans if you're going to just wash them off and put them in in there right and it's yeah kind of like okay well <clears throat> i mean couldn't we just say we did all that stuff and then just not do that stuff and put it in the beer anyway but of all of the things <laughs> you know? that you would say that you did why would you say no, that yeah yeah i mean like, like i'm well i don't know um I, maybe there's a segment of the population that gets excited about things like that and they would need to know that that's what happened and you would <laughs> hey. have to lie to them i don't know this really went through an elephant. Well, oh, to be honest with you, if we're going to go back and turn this into a history thing, the FDA was created because a lot of crazy stuff was being put into food. <laughs> <laughs> and now you, they, they do have to tell you what's in it. So, I mean, that's called big government. That's called big government. Getting <laughs> right. out of business. Disgusting. Yeah. If I want coffee beans that, that an are, elephant <laughs> has recently <laughs> processed, then I'm an American. Yeah. 
If I want things that have been filtered through the colon of any animal, I'll you're darn right. <laughs> my, my family didn't fight against the Union in the Confederacy, so I can't eat elephant poop. I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't. they maybe they did. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh my no. gosh. <laughs> They're not, not saying like you can't no. eat it. They're just saying you have to tell them what's in it. That's all. That's all. That. That's all they're well, saying. How am I supposed to know? I'm not feeding the elephant. Right. <laughs> I don't think that part matters. I mean, it doesn't matter if they go to the zoo down the street or if they uh, go over to Africa and get like wild caught a- 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 elephant poop. Um, <laughs> wild caught. Grass I- bread. <laughs> yes, it is fresh. Free. I like the cage free elephant poop. <laughs> it's very fresh. Yes, that is correct. Um, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know if there's, you know, but there's, well, they're starting to push Pat, uh, push into beyond elephant poop. So it's like, it's not really from an elephant. It's so it's, is this like bed bathing beyond, or are we talking like soy poop? <laughs> soy. They've got almond poop too. I think that's, uh, no, but, but that's not really poop. There's, oh, well then I, I mean, I guess these cows must be dogs. Okay, oh, I, I, I have to ask. I, I, I do have to ask a question. Um, I realize we're a little wacky sometimes, but how in the heck did we get to the point where we're talking about poop? Uh, this one clearly lays on the shoulders of Hatfield. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, that's, this is me. This is welcome. This is this is a glimpse into the mind of Jason Hatfield. And we wonder why no one listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> Although we got this in the first fifteen minutes, so you know, right, yeah. people got heard this. Got him. <laughs> we're, we're we're hitting the important points. So, right. I got um, I obviously. Do... <laughs> oh, go ahead. Well, I I do have to plug something today. Oh. Um, I was asked to be on another podcast. Uh, <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't cheating though, because I I didn't. I did not do whatever had to be due to classify as cheating. Dude, whatever have to be dude, he said. Yes, dude. Cheryl <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ann Amendola asked me to be on her podcast, which is called Teaching History Her Way, uh, the Teaching mm-hmm. History, her, uh, History Her Way podcast. Um, and the episode featuring me is coming out tomorrow. Um, ah. it, it features educational travel, PBL, and building empathy with Jason Rude. That's me. Nice. And so that drops tomorrow. So check that out uh, after you check us out or before you check us out. Just make sure you check both of us out because we could both uh, use the listens. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that comes that drops tomorrow uh, as we're now actually drops today. Now that I think about it, because we recorded oh. day early. Well, I got to go. I'm going to listen to that. See you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Have a> good, <laughs> but I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a good conversation, about a half hour or so. And uh, we get into tra- travel a little bit and we get into uh pbl and what that looks like um nice. a number number of things and yeah so there's that i noticed hatfield didn't give me a harumph i need a harumph out of that guy um how do you know she's no, no you I, just I, had I'm to say harumph oh harumph harumph thank you yeah he has not watched blazing saddles I beg mm. your pardon. I have it on DVD. It's just that <laughs> right. sometimes I enjoy not giving you what it is that you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's okay. That's, that's, that's typical. That's, that's typical. It's typical. It's also I'm a younger brother, so that's sort of my job. It's kind of like. Uh, oh, that <laughs> explains so much now. I always thought you were the oldest, like me. And that's why your mentality is so different. So what, rude? So different. <laughs> See okay. how I did yeah. that? That's a, that's a nice uh, way to kind of like fluff that one. All right. So um, <laughs> I'm not obviously anything. we're in the midst of a, of a, of a new administration. Um, what, 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 whatever do you mean? Well, President Joseph Robinette Biden which I did not know his middle name was Robinette. I mean, I, I, think, I watched yeah. the inauguration, but I'm just kind of, but the junior, so there's a oh. Robinette junior. Um, but anyway, um, it's kind of, I had, I was watching uh, CBS Sunday morning and uh, there was a, a bit where they're talking about how the Trump administration had been addictive and exhausting at the same time. And I kind of feel like that that was, uh, a perfect way to describe it in my mind. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, every day there was some there was like a handful of inflammatory tweets and okay, well this is false and this and that and whatever and there hasn't been any of that really since, you know, Biden's been in office and I like to think it, of it as the Howard Stern of politics. Well, I mean, when you ran a, you know, a, a reality TV show for so long, I mean, you kind of stick with what you know. And, mm -hmm. I mean, he did work that. I mean, you, you yeah. got to give him that yeah. for what it's worth. Well, let's, um, let's face it. He, And this is actually coming from one of our, our social studies teachers. We were having a conversation on Monday just in advance of the, uh, the inauguration. And they said, you know, Trump understands controversy because of the business that he was in, and he knows that controversy sells, and sure. he used that to his advantage. Don't know if this was the if that was advantageous for the rest of the country, however. Well, no, I, I get that. It certainly but, has its place, obviously. But you, right. I mean, and I mean, now we're starting to kind of sling the mud here with my opinion here, and again, this is opinion, <laughs> not fact. But it really appeared, oftentimes that he was very much concerned about his brand as much as he was concerned about other things concerned concerning the presidency. And if his brand is about getting attention, uh, then he's going to, you know, controversy will get attention. Hmm. Th that's my thought. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to think that you, when, you know, kids are acting up in your class, it's usually because they're wanting that attention. Right. For, you know, whatever reason. So, but it's just, you know, when you get into your 70s, it's kind of like, well, maybe we need to. No, I, years a I, bit, I get that. But that's that, you know, and that's, again, I, no, I, I don't have I, anything no, to, I, to, to fact yeah, that on. Yeah, I, I follow you on that. Um, yeah. But considering um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is um, about the time, like, I guess it was within a week of Trump's leaving office. It was um, within a day. It was put out the day before on Tuesday. Yeah, it was Monday. Oh, was, was it, it Monday okay, or was it wow. Tuesday? It was Monday. Okay. Okay, so two days before. Yeah. Um, they released the 1776 Commission's report. Now, of course, uh, we had talked about this a little bit. Um, the New York Times had released a thing called the 1619 Project during the, uh, uh, you know, during 2019, which was kind of like a, a reflected uh, purpose of, you know, exploring slavery and kind of inequality 
uh, based on the arrival of slaves for the first time in the English colonies in uh, 1619, which we've also talked about on this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, please be sure to go on to uh, your podcast listening um, choices and uh, look up uh, our previous episodes of the History Bros. Mm -hmm. And um, also check us out on social media. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, and, uh, tw Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, but um, right before, so 1619 came out and it was, um, it won, I think, a Pulitzer, but it came under a lot of fire because um, there were, I guess you could say, predominantly conservatives that were upset that this was sort of rebranding U.S. history or focusing U.S. history too much on, um, I guess, the, the sins of um, our past. I, I don't know if that's a fair way to put it. Um, but, um, and there was a lot of pushback and a lot of uh, Republican uh, legislators that tried to pass laws to prevent this from being taught in schools. I think, uh, I'm wanting to say like Tom Cotton was one of them. Um, but so the Trump administration started saying, um, you know, heeding these um, calls of, uh, you know, American exceptionalism by saying, OK, I want to create a new commission um, in which we will discuss or take a look at, uh, I guess, the patriotic education of America, I guess, if that's how it would be called. And so he referred to this as the 1776 commission. Right. And right off the bat, when you talk about when, at least for me, uh, when I hear the term patriotic education, I think of, you know, Mao and the little red book. And, you know, this is, you know, this is the way that we learn about our history. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, Miranda. Terrible. Well, I mean, to call it that, I mean, history should be history based on looking at the facts. And um, the Monday before Trump left office, uh, the 1776 commission released its report. Now, right off the bat, it, you know, it created a hoopla mainly because the commission had only met for the first time like a couple of weeks before. Right. So like trying to get into a deep dive of research and things like that in now, a couple of weeks. I have thought about that um, since then. Do we know what we mean by met? Because and I'm certainly not defending because I have all kinds of issues with this uh, with this commission and this report. Um, do we know whether we mean meeting first time meeting as in legitimately like, hey, I've never met you before or was it the first time they'd met in person? Um, let's see. Um, because I don't know the answer to this. That's why I'm asking. Right. I mean, again, we live in a, a, a Zoom world right now. So let's see. Um, so according, not to having met federal according to the Federal Register, um, Present Advisory 1776 Commission, uh, this notice sets forth the agenda, time, and instructions for public participation in the January 5th, 2020 meeting of the President's Advisory 1776 Commission. The meeting of the 1776 Commission will be held on Tuesday, January the 5th from 1 to 3 p.m. Um, so they're going to write the history of the United States in two hours. Well, what I mean is that they met... 11 Literally. times previously via Zoom. That's what I'm, that's was, what I'm trying to get at. Okay. 
Supplementary information, it says it was established under executive order 13958 on November the 2nd of 2020. The 1776 Commission's duties are to advise the president regarding how to better enable a rising generation to understand the history and principles of the founding of the United States. Um, producing a, a report within one year of the date of executive order 13958, which shall be publicly disseminated mm-hmm. regarding the core principles, uh, meeting agenda, the agenda for the 1776 commission meeting, the establishment of a strategic plan to meet its duties under its charter. So I guess that first meeting on January the 5th, from what I'm seeing was to, that was their, I guess, their first meeting. Like That's they're okay, what it we're sounds going to like. established yeah. um, if what we're supposed to do with this. Yeah. But there's some other uh, some other issues that have come up since then. Mainly, um, in one case, um, like uh, that it had been part of the at least part of it uh, of the commission report. Um had been copied nearly verbatim from an opinion piece published in 2008 from one of the commission's members, Thomas Lindsay. Um, so it's, I, I, there may have been, and I'm not sure who Thomas Lindsay is, but um, so there were some issues with uh, some plagiarism. Um, well, wait a second. But, is it plagiarism if he's on the commission and says, go ahead and use it? Well, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you want to use, well, it, I mean, if he wrote it, I mean, if he's, if he's written it and he wants to put it in quotations and, Hey, this is something that I've written yes. before. Okay. Then, and like have a footnote then, you know, or citation. Well, you'd have to have citation for the dang accepted. thing first. Yeah. That's, that's another one of those things that really sticks out is uh, there is a severe lack of footnotes or citations and that. And by severe me, lack, you mean complete lack. Yeah. Yeah. Severe. I meant, yeah, there's, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing. N- is there even an yeah, author's yeah, yeah. name written on it? Like who wrote the dang thing? I mean, there's yeah. a commi- the, the last page has the names of the, of the committee and the commissioners and the people who helped assemble it. Um, so yeah, that that's there. Um, is there a specific person who is designated as the author? I don't know. I don't think so. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I'm willing to, I mean, take this for what it is. It's right now. It's just a, a 45 page, uh, you know, middle school report that was, you know, copied off someone else, which is fine. I great. If you can prove where you got it from, that goes a long way. I mean, that's where we're kind of at right now, specifically for me. It's really frustrating to not be able to look back on things that they uh, referenced and say, oh, yeah, that happened here. That's on this page of this book. Oh, that's in this paragraph of this speech. And it's it's just not there, which is frustrating. So I I thought what might be interesting is if we just like kind of read through it and um, sort of, you know, we can stop and pause about, um, OK, let's let's hold on for a second. And let's address what's being talked about there and kind of go through it because um, I have not had the chance to uh, read through all of this all together. Um, But I know that it's, um, you know, there's obviously there's some controversy. When Biden came into office, he had automatically 
he's it's already the commission and the report have already been taken off the White House website. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you had to kind of dig around a little bit in order to find it because I couldn't even find. Funny enough, I found a copy of it on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's surprise, so, surprise. Yeah, I mean, I when when I would try and find the links in the websites in you know descriptions of it, it would link you to the White House website, which it was no longer there. Mm. So, um, so I thought maybe we could kind of go through this and just sort of you know kind of say, okay, well, this sounds like it's a good idea, or I agree with this, or um, maybe there's some issues with that. I don't know how nitpicky we would want to get one way or the other with it. But um, but it, you guys up for that? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, so sure. let me do an intro for you. Welcome to Storytime with Jason Hatfield, as Jason Hatfield reads you selections from his favorite books. <laughs> now here's Storytime with Jason Hatfield. Go ahead. Well, we're just going to have a happy little story. We're going to have <laughs> you guys just, you know, just just kind of settle back and and just think happy thoughts, and we're just going to read you a little story. No. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Or I could try and do... In the course of human events, there have always been those who deny or reject human freedom. That's the first kind of phrase. Um, but Americans, wait, will wait, it never says, falter. Wait, when in the course, we're of, never going to read this. We're never going to read this. <laughs> of course, we're not. So wait a second. No, no, but no. You said we got to stop and talk about things that go on. Let's talk about exactly how they started this off. It's okay. Well, we're not even finished with the first sentence yet. So let's see if there's more context in this one. Sure. Okay. So in the course of human events, there have always been those who deny or reject human freedom, but Americans will never falter in defending the fundamental truths of human liberty proclaimed in July 4th, 1770 on July 4th, 1776. That's the first sentence. Yeah. That's 100% original, except for that first part that they flat took out straight out of the Declaration of Independence. Okay, that, hold on. I'm, okay, no, no, no. That's a power play is what that is. Oh, sure it is. Well, I mean, you, you is it though? I mean, you you have a commission named the 1776 Commission. What do you think they're going to draw heavily on? The whatever it is that they have the agenda for. <laughs> the 1776. What is the biggest event that took place that year? Hmm. Um, <laughs> so you don't think they'll reference that in the uh, in a I, I mean, I certainly would. If I was writing that paper, I'd be all over the fact that I was I was going to paraphrase the uh, the Declaration of Independence. Absolutely. Okay, but when the first sentence that you make is the first sentence of that, would imply that this document is on the same level of that of that document. If you take the first sentence as a first sentence and don't read the rest of it, yes, that okay. would be taking things out of context, Mister Root. Okay, so I don't care. let's. I okay, first right. of all, let's let's understand. <laughs> That in the course of, you know, writing over history, it is commonplace to sort of create a more elevated form or a more philosophical, a more you borrow from other people. Like people borrow from Shakespeare. Absolutely. I get from, that. I like Thomas Paine. They're not trying to make this out to be a new declaration a new declaration of independence so to no. start it off it's like well yeah i kind of like what geldmacher saying is that you know 
It's the 1776, you know, commission report, even though by that point we're getting hammered by the British. So, yeah, that, you know, I mean, yeah, we de- we declare independence um, as, you know, uh, New York is falling, I guess. But right. um, but um, so, yeah, to start off with that, I mean, I don't see I don't see a pro- I understand rude what you're trying to say, but I think you're we might have to take a step or two back because <laughs> I think there's obviously there's your uh, rude. You're, I think you're coming at this with an already strong condemnation. That is correct. And that may be warranted, but let's try to give it the benefit of a doubt. Okay. I'll give you that. If we'll all agree that the uh, commission came in with a strong condemnation of the uh, other side like this is i feel this is going to be a very biased document and it very well well could be but that doesn't mean you need to sink to that level keep your judgment well fine (laughs) i mean if it if it is i mean if it is like pointing out issues with you know that are obviously partisan in nature well then yeah well then okay well then this is obviously that and then you can detract sure but let's not, you know, let's try. And I mean, granted, it's already the Biden's executive order has sort of dis- dissolved this commission. And this is, um, uh, I guess, um, what's the word? I'm, uh, it's, I, it I, I doesn't feel matter like, anymore. <laughs> well, no, I'm trying to think what is that? You have the books of the Bible, but then you have the Apocrypha. So, ah, uh, yes, like, the Apocrypha. So I think this is kind of like um, it is history, but it's not official, I guess, or it's it's government well, it view, but I guess it's not officially government anymore. So I don't know. So anyway, let's just let's let's try and give this the benefit of a doubt. Now, I already know I'm going to have some issues because I saw what some of the contents were talking <laughs> about, but. Right now, it, it's just it's just the introduction. So we <laughs> haven't really gotten into anything. We're so, so absolutely one sentence in. Right. So, so what you're telling <laughs> it's me? It take us a year to get through. So you would like me to pretend like I haven't read it yet? Well, I I mean I haven't read all of it. So no, God, no. But there's a lot of people that have listened to it, or that uh, that listen have, to that one about, or maybe now. not know about it that haven't read it at all. Okay. So, um, so you know, in other words, listen. Rude, shut up and let him do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yes, um, but yes. maybe let's no, let's but maybe let's not get that nitpicky just yet. We're one sentence into it. If we start getting into the actual like, you know, history, where they're like, oh well, you know, once we get talking about John C. Calhoun, yeah, maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> but right now, we're not. Well, they're stealing from the Declaration of Independence. Well, yeah, well, so does my textbook. So, no, 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 I mean, no, but the, no, no. It, it's not the fact that they're using words from the tech from another document. Oh, wait till we get to the second sentence if you're fired up about that. I know. It just. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to get any better from here. I imagine, so. you're mis- I think you're misunderstanding what my outrage is, and that's okay. <laughs> But you're just, trying. You're saying that this, that the usage of this, this phrase from the Declaration is supposed to place this in a very lofty official um, platform, and you don't think that it should be. I just think that, given the, the the nature of how controversial it is, 
that's a very, very um, definitive way to go about opening your your document. Ah, uh, as a let me let me pull rank for just a second. As oh, a language right. arts teacher, <laughs> okay, what you just said is a hundred percent correct because in the introduction of any written work, oh, you yeah. must do something that grabs the attention of the reader. I agree. I agree. And maybe it's just the, yeah. I mean, if they started off with, we think this is kind of important, that's probably not going to just grab your attention. <laughs> but that would be a much more middle school way of doing it. it. It would be. And I would say, good night. Could you flash this up a little bit? <laughs> this, you know? No. Well, well, if it was a middle schooler writing, it would be in the course of very, 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 very <laughs> important thing. <laughs> All right, because they read so, about it on the internet. Okay, I'll, let, let, let's I'll go, stop. Let's I'll go stop. with let's let's go with sentence number two. Oh, All right. Rude, I'm gonna need you to sit down. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Get yourself with a baseball bat. You know, I'll, 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 I'll turn my mic off. We will. We must always hold these truths. The declared purpose of the President's Advisory 1776 Commission is to quote. Enable a rising generation to understand the history and principles of the founding of the United States in 1776 and to strive to form a more perfect union, end quote. Stop. This okay. Okay. That so, wasn't me. That wasn't and me. I, and I'm, and I'm taking, not taking offense to this use of quotations because I believe that this quote comes directly from the – I mean, it says the declared purpose of – so I'm I'm assuming that that has been published elsewhere, elsewhere, not oh, elsewhere. probably That's in the order. executive order. Okay, so but but here's the deal: it doesn't say that. <laughs> so my issue starts there. Go. <laughs> wait. Okay. Well, where? Wait. Um. Let me see. Hold on. Where's the uh, executive order in one nine three? Okay. Let me. We're four senses in. <laughs> Welcome to the marathon that is the analysis of the 1776 commission report. Wait, the uh, executive order 13958, section one purpose, the American founding and vision, seeing the rights, the formation of public, again, this history, recent attacks is good Lord. Uh, restoration <laughs> of American education grounded in the principles of our founding, the role of the federal government. Um, within Okay, okay, so maybe. we're doing this the middle school way where we don't research ahead of time. Right, of course. No, I was just, what well, I mean, <laughs> if, if Gil, if Gil Mock is that, that it's not, um, then I'm just, I mean, I have not taken a look at. at and again, I ha we have not deep dove on this, so it's very difficult for Divin, us to Divin, say. Divin. Divin. It's Divin. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not, but let's go with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're just reading this. I mean, for a couple of us for the first time. Um, I hadn't gotten this far. I had skipped ahead to other sections before reading the introduction. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like a good uh, but this is right. This is um, any like any good middle school teacher. Uh, go jump to the meat. Um, there. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> breathe. This is why. Sorry. We teach our students the importance of citing your sources. Yes. Because there should be no reason for me to have to go back and search through 
you know, whatever I think this came from to figure out what we're doing right now shouldn't shouldn't be a thing that we're doing. We shouldn't have to stop and go back to these to the purpose, you know, to the executive order, because it should say the declared purpose of the president's advisory 1776 commission, according to executive order, blah, 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 states that, quote, right? right. It should say that. It doesn't. That's, again, going back to what I said earlier, that's my huge problem with this. So, I mean, here's the thing. And and this goes back to our talks about people arguing on social media. And this beautifully illustrates the problem with it because they're not citing their sources either. Um, (laughs) It's not my job to prove your argument. So, you know, you get the people that say, well, read a book or go look it up. Go Google it. You'll see it anywhere. (laughs) No, no, no. You Google it and post the link. It's your argument, not my argument. You prove your argument. Okay. All right. So, well, first of all, uh, as you guys were bickering. We weren't bickering. um, We were agreeing. (laughs) We were um, buying time for Oldie to read. That's true. It says, okay, the ex- executive order 19358, it says, and in order to better enable a rising generation to understand okay. the history and principles of the founding of the United States in 1776 and through this form a more perfect union. So that is literally from the executive yeah, order. Okay, so it does come, but but again, that's fine. And, and and if you want to argue the fact that it says the declared purpose of the commission is to, if you want to say that that's the citation, I'm okay with that. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let you have. That's fine. But maybe it would, to be more professional, they could have had a one, a little teeny one. Absolutely. With, you know, Absolutely. Little, this could be the first one. This could be the first citation. Yes. And should, should have been the first citation. Yes. All right. So this requires... Moving on. This requires a restoration of American education, which can only be grounded on a history of those principles that is, quote, accurate, honest, unifying, inspiring, and ennobling. Um, and so, Did you that know that is- what we're doing right now isn't, apparently? Yeah, so... I, I understand that the the immediate uh, criticism by educators is that this is n- that's not what we're doing. And it is also a giant, broad generalization. Um, obviously, there are instances of teachers who are doing just that. It might not be in the means by which they believe we should be, but we are. I can tell you that with certainty. We're doing what? That we are grounding our our uh, grounding our kids with knowledge and the history of principles and you know that stuff yeah right that you're right so and i I, trust me i understand the the criticism because it does sound like they're saying this isn't being done full stop but we also know that this is well it doesn't say it we all know that this is a world of black and white when it shouldn't be right and so here we are (laughs) Right. And I don't mean black quote, and white racially. I mean black and white perspective-wise. This quote is also from the executive <clears throat> order. This okay. could have been also uh, signed number, in that number, as well. number one, right. <laughs> so, um, so it can only be grounded on a history of those principles, excuse me, that is accurate, honest, unifying, inspiring, and ennobling. Right. Um, and the thing is, is that I, the what I have with that is that, I mean, now they're not taking aim at how it's being taught yet 
It's sort of it's yeah. sort, it's kind of laying out the, the the framework. It is insinuating, and I think we're all understanding where this is going to go. Is that this is probably not how it's being done. Um, it's but us being assumed of how it's be, not being done. Well, again, it's that broad generalization. Right, but I mean, I don't. And but the thing is, is that by looking at history, I mean, it's kind of like talking about um, beer that's been, you know, brewed with elephant dung. I mean, <laughs> are you going to leave the dung part out? I mean, it's like that—that's part of the process of what made the, the end product as it was. So to try and kind of say, notice how I tied in that whole yeah, beginning bit of this. So now that. it's one big nice package. Um jeez. <laughs> oh, but um it may not be sweet smelling, but you know it's a package. And, um, <laughs> but I mean but I mean the, the, to to try and it, it seems like, you know, it's it's trying to set up a potential of we need to talk about the good things that we do and that kind of stuff when in fact it's like, well, there's a lot of bad things that we have done and Absolutely. We can't we can't just push those to the side. And I have seen when they've been trying to make, you know, um, the case for the content of textbooks that, you know, textbooks should uh, sort of minimize certain aspects of the the bad things that we've done to bolster up. Um, When, in fact, I think when I went through history, I was taught all these amazing good things. And once I started doing the research, you know, on my own and started seeing all these horrible things taking place, then it really made an impact on me because I felt like this was some skeleton in the closet of the country. Mm -hmm. And it had a huge impact on me. I'm like, oh, my God, what have I been, you know? So it's like I feel like there should be a good balance between, you know, talking about these good things that we should be lofty to, but also not, you know, pushing aside the sins of our past as Absolutely. well. So, there, so good. I was going to say, it, it, you know, it comes down to context. I can teach a lesson. Yeah, yeah I can teach a lesson on <clears> – <throat> How the country was founded on the backs of uh, on the back of American chattel <laughs> slavery, and still teach a lesson. Or better yet, uh, I can teach a lesson on uh, Thomas Jefferson and the fact that he's a massive hypocrite, and still explain that you know though he's hypocritical in his actions and he makes very clear statements of his level of racism and it he he was a racist. If you go back and look at his documentation of what he wrote. He, he, he did. He proves it. But that does not diminish the founding principles of which we live in our country. Well, All it means is that we have to understand that these people that founded the country and these people that have been leaders also have another, other sides. They're not perfect people, just like I'm not a perfect person, just like even Hatfield's not perfect. No, uh, don't bring me into this. Do not bring me into this. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but the, but but I can give that context and say yes, yes, and instead of no, but right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I hope that and makes I think, sense. No, no, no. You're you're 100 right. And the argument could be, and the argument, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, on based on how you see it, could be made on the other side as well. Um, and I'm not going to make that argument, but again, it's not either or. It's not 100% this or 100% that. Right. We all know that. Well, teachers, we know that. It, you and I do. Well, 100% of teachers aren't doing the wrong thing. Right. 
and a hundred percent of another group aren't doing the hundred percent right thing. Right. It's somewhere in the middle. Right. I mean, we could give this, we could give this reasoning for every single time we come up with something that, that we take issue with in this document. I mean, that's the argument though, every single time. And until we start to figure that out as a, as a more broad uh, thing that the population understands instead of, Oh, well, if it's, if I don't agree with it, it must be a hundred percent completely wrong. Well, that's not the way the world works. Go ahead. <laughs> so maybe, I mean, that, no, so, that's, that's, yeah. that's a very good point. I think that's also leads into well, a lot of the issues that we've had in this country over the past however many years is that um, especially with, you know, 24 hour news and that kind of stuff that you have. And movies. Um, well, not just movies, but you do have obviously just very partisan media um, that it's like you have echo chambers. And, and movies because every there's always got to be a good guy and a bad guy in the movie. It's always got to be clear cut winner or loser. I think it's easy. Well, it's like if you take individuals who, you know, you, you take a look at the midterms, the midterms always have much, much less outcome or, or turnout for voting. Uh, whereas the presidential election, well, you have the teams, you have the World Series, our team versus sure. their team. Right. And it's much easier to get wrapped up in than, oh, wow, well, I've got like. These people that are on the, you know, the county level and I've got, you know, these people that were be, you know, in the house and, you know, what, what? And there's like three people to choose from. I can't handle all that, you know, or something. So, well, I guess you know, technically you'd only be voting for one or two because of your district. But, you know, be that as it may. All right. So anyway, moving forward, yeah. we're, the, we're, we're, we're not even through the second paragraph yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And a rediscovery of our shared identity rooted in our founding principles is the path to a renewed American unity and a confident American future. The commission's first responsibility is to produce a report summarizing the principles of the American founding and how those principles have shaped our country. That can only be done by truthfully recounting the aspirations and actions of the men and women who sought to build America as a shining city on a hill, an exemplary nation, one that protects the safety and promotes the happiness of its people as an example to be admired and emulated by nations of the world that wish to steer the government toward greater liberty and justice. The record of our founders striving and the nation they built is our shared inheritance and remains a beacon, as Abraham Lincoln said, not for one people or one time, but for all people for all time. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> sought to build America. They, they did seek to build, well... I mean, if we really want to get down into the, the the specifics, I mean, Jamestown wasn't built to create a nation. It was Jamestown was built to create a, a you know a profitable business entity for people back in England. Strike one, Hatfield. Oh boy, strike one. Oh, I'm wrong. No, here's here's the problem. You're not wrong in reality. But according to this commission, you would be because they. Oh, did. okay. And I was going to say, oh, I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm like doing the whole I know. Rocky thing. I'm about ready to like go to fight. The, <laughs> no, like Jason Rude. No, hold on. I'm. Go ahead. Because I'm gonna. I'm gonna. 
argue with you on this one. You're going to crap all over me is what you're going to try to do. <laughs> <laughs> Big elephant turd. Anyway. Well, I mean, but, the, but I mean, it depends on how specific you're wanting to get. I mean, yes, we, we do want to believe that it was founded on religious liberty. But the reality is, and we talked about it on this, is that when the Puritans came over, they wanted religious freedom, but they implemented the exact same thing here that they were running from in England, only it benefited them. So it's like there's a lot of... Oh, I get that. Yeah. But that's not the issue. The report itself came out, and in that first or second sentence, somewhere in there where we started arguing right away, uh, it, it, it stated that the founding of the country in 1776, my thought there, and I, I stopped myself because I realized that we needed to keep going, so I shut up right there and figured it'd come up again, and lo and behold, it did. There, I feel like this commission has said, okay, we are not going to count anything that happened before seven, uh, July 4th, 1776, which means we better not be talking about the, the Boston okay. Tea Party, the Boston Massacre. It doesn't say that, though. But it doesn't say that. What do you mean it say, doesn't? It doesn't say well, throw we, it all out. It doesn't say it doesn't count. It doesn't say it, it specifically mentions the founding of this country. Which did not happen until 1776. So, right. I mean, that that is... I mean, there were people here, but we were British, we were English, we were colonists, we weren't we weren't necessarily right. Americans as we would think about it. So that's not necessarily wrong, but if you want to say the founding principles, I mean, we already had slavery in full-blown whatever by 1776. So, I mean, I right. mean, there's a lot of things. That's so. fine. But they're talking, I mean, they, they basically laid out saying 1776 is the beginning point of the history that's, that's important. Well, then I, I don't know if they'd say that. I don't. Well, I don't then, think that they're saying that. But well, we can but I guess to disagree on that. That's fine. Uh, but uh, to kind of go along with what Rude's saying, if they're wanting to start with 1776, then they shouldn't be bringing up a shining city on a hill. Which is because that was the 1630s biblical. when the Puritans came over, or yeah, the yeah you know, when the Puritans came over, they said you know we're going to establish this you know as a a, a city on a, a city upon a hill. I mean, so, again, that's, I, I believe that's a biblical reference, but I could be wrong on that. Well, but that's you know, if the, the Puritans are involved, that, it probably is. Well, the, the quote is typically, I mean, for, for in this context, is usually attributed to that, to the Puritans when they were coming over here. No, so, I, I get it. So, you know, to try and say we're going to establish this in 1776, God, we are such nerds. It's, um, uh, it's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, if you want to go back to where it actually came from. Well, then in modern, now, in modern with. context, it is used as a United States in the United States politics to refer to America acting as a beacon of hope for the world. But it comes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Well, Jesus wasn't an American either. Well, this then, is a completely different part of the world. Are you saying that are, are, is Rude arguing that he doesn't exist either? No. <laughs> well, so not as being, an American. So you're being selective. I see it. <laughs> Sure. No, but I mean, but if we're if we're trying to say that we're starting the 1776 commission, so we're going to start at that founding, then why are we in? But we're not going to talk about the stuff beforehand. Right. Why call the 1776 well, commission if that's not where they really want to start? So I mean, it's a it's a interesting point to make. God, we are such nerds. No one else, Super nerd. only history yeah, nerds. We know now why nobody's listening because this is this is what you get. <laughs> it's like really? <laughs> can't be talk about. Let's go back to the whole poop discussion again. That's All right, much yeah, this is way more. <laughs> All right, so today, however, Americans are deeply divided about the meaning of their country, its history, and how it should be governed. 
A truer sentence has not been spoken. <laughs> this division is severe enough to call to mind the disagreements between the colonists and King George and those between the Confederate and Union forces in the Civil War. They amount to a dispute over not only the history of our country, but also its present purpose and future direction. The facts of our founding are not partisan. They are a matter of history. Controversies about the meaning of the founding can begin to be resolved by looking at the facts of our nation's founding. Properly understood, these facts address the concerns and aspirations of Americans of all social classes, income levels, races and religions, regions and walks of life. As well, these facts provide necessary and wise cautions against unrealistic hopes and checks against pressing partisan claims or utopian agendas too hard or too far. What would be... I'm not sure what sort of... You know, it's interesting. Caution against unrealistic hopes and checks. Now, is this kind of going back to where it's saying that we are an exemplary nation, one that protects the safety and promotes the happiness of its people. But now we're saying that, that teaching this should caution against unrealistic hopes. So are they kind of walking that statement back? I don't know. Almost, or, it almost I, I would have to really parse this out, but it looks like, I don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> this thing is meant to be, uh, this is meant to be a, a 100% direct response to, to the 1776, uh, the, the 1619 project, which, uh, by the way, is a private entity that put it out. Not a government, not a government commission, a private entity. And so now the government is responding to it because they don't like what it said. Well, I mean, there was, and I'll uh, you can tear me down all you need to. Well, of course uh, we're going to. There I was a, a someone connected with the projects basically argued that American history should start in 1619. Right. Which I also disagree with. Do you talk about John Punch? Yes. So how do you disagree with it? Because I don't think American history starts in 1619, nor do I believe it starts in 1776. Well, I think it starts at 1607, but whatever. Well, you, I mean, if you're yeah, telling, just go ahead if you're and throw out that whole... If you're telling the entire story, then it starts well before that. But You're right, 1,000 with the great, late, great Leif Erikson. Yeah, just I mean, yeah, yeah, go ahead and toss out so, the whole Roanoke. So and what stuff. you're saying is that you're not considering any of the natives who lived here previous, any of that. It's, I, I'm saying it's not... Here we are again. It's not this year. It's not that year. It's much well, more broad than that. Well, it's also interesting that you bring up the whole Native American thing because I don't think Native Americans are brought up in this either. Which is unfortunate. So, yeah, there's a... Uh, a lot of problems. Well, I mean, let's not let's not put the cart before the horse. Well, we're doing um, a pretty good job of it so far. Let's not put the patriotism before the evidence yet. Um... <laughs> The principles of the American founding can be learned by studying the abundant documents contained in the record. None of which we cite or reference here. I was going to say, which record are we talking about? <laughs> well, the Smothers Brothers had a really good one that I used to listen to all the time. <laughs> oh, 
Um, but they didn't have that on that either. So I'm, I'm was not it an LP or an EP? Is Destroyer was a good record too. Um, was it no. was it an LP or an EP? Uh, it's an LP. Okay. Like a, you wouldn't I, understand that because that was before your time. No, I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> uh, extended play and um, EP uh, LP was uh, limited. Was, was it long play? Well, I mean, it's probably long play. You had 33, which was for the 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 big records, and you had 45 for the 45s, which is the speed. And look how easily I just distracted you two old farts. No, I'm. We're trying to teach you so you don't you know go out in the 16, world sounding like an idiot. Do you know the 1619 project was heavily criticized by uh, Trump? People like James Mc, No James McPherson, and who <laughs> wrote for uh, the Oxford Press wrote. Uh, the Battle Cry of Freedom, which uh, discusses I know the who period of American Civil War. Also, Gordon Wood. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Not I like J- them apples. <laughs> oh, nice oh. movie reference. Did you like that? Did you like that? No, I didn't know. I didn't. I had no idea that that was even the thing. I'm going to have to read this article. I'm anyway, not going to sit here and say that the 1619 product Project got it right. I no, just don't, I, I'm not either. And I'm also saying that this didn't get it right either. So Right. I, I just don't think it's the U.S. government's job to come out and if that's the case then every book that has anything controversial should be responded to by the u.s government well i i have a i do have an issue when the government kind of kind of comes out and says this is how you're supposed to teach our history right um because god knows there's no uh, state standards or, or or any of that type of stuff well i mean if you want to talk about you know what's in the record well okay there's also the um depending on what you consider to be the record because they don't even capitalize it so i don't know sure. what the record may be but <laughs> i mean you have the secession documents you have you know um articles uh you know the you know the the diseases and peculiarities of the negro race kind of mm-hmm. you know documents you have you you do have the declaration of independence which isn't a government document um it does sort of list out what our principles are but um you know so there i don't it's 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 already this is just the introduction and it's already kind of clunky where it's not <laughs> citing where it's getting its information from right. and, and it's extremely it's biased. sometimes tends to be a little biased uh, contradictory well well they haven't specifically mentioned anything well apart from saying that this is you know we are an exemplary nation and that kind of stuff which i mean yeah you should be proud of the country but again right. it's, we we're not you know unblemished as no country is but um all right so um it's probably not fair that i'm calling it biased at this point um because they're doing that nice little tricky little thing (laughs) this point uh, well you know it it just i'm sorry we're not even through the first page yet they haven't said anything that's egregiously biased necessarily well but there's just just the feel to it it right (laughs) All right. So read read fully and carefully. They show how the American people have ever pursued freedom and justice, which are the political conditions for living well. Which are the political conditions for living well. Freedom and justice. That basically, I I think, I think what that, and I'm certainly not speaking for the commission, but I think what they mean by that is that if there are ways that the government steps in to assist the, the public's, 
pursuit of happiness. It is through freedom and justice. Okay. So who gets the freedom and who gets the justice? Uh, just hold on, bud. Hold on. To learn this history is to become a better person, a better citizen, and a better partner in the American experiment of self-government. Now, that last sentence is something I express to my students. That in order for this country to become better, they need to become better citizens, better understanding of, of their roles in, There's nothing in wrong. the life of being an American, basically. Well, I, when I, you, that, that's not controversial. I mean, that... No, no, no. I mean, that's know, just, just pointing it out. The, the well, part that's contra- had, controversial is when we say, uh, it, it, you know, it's about freedom and justice. Well, we've got a lot of people that aren't getting justice, and they are uh, all come from very similar demographics. And it's not uh, exactly the people that were in charge during the first uh, parts of this country. And I think it's interesting when, you know, especially like when Trump, when someone was asking him about his first impeachment and he said, um, you know, are you worried about this impeachment? And he says, I'm not really worried because I don't think the courts would allow it. It's kind of like you already don't know how How the government works. And so it's like, here's this commission founded by him that's, you know, professing how to become a better citizen and that kind of stuff. And the person who sort of created this commission seems to, from time to time, not demonstrate uh, a good understanding of this. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, and plus, you know, he did that whole you know, Article Two gives me powers like no one's ever seen before. Of course, you know, it's, he usually does the whole broad, large, general. It, it, I swear to God, it's always like he's he's giving a book report on a book he hasn't read. <laughs> I mean, we've all had that kid saying, "Oh, this was a great book." I mean, some of the things were so moving. I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. Well, you want to give us some details? Well, I mean, where do you even begin? I mean, like, <laughs> so, um, comprising actions. By imperfect human beings, the American story has its share of missteps, errors, contradictions, and wrongs. These wrongs have always met resistance from the clear principles of the nation, and therefore our history is far more one of self-sacrifice, courage, and nobility. America's principles are named at the outset to be both universal, applying to everyone, and eternal, existing for all time. The remarkable American story unfolds under and because of these great principles. I do like that paragraph, which is actually just a few sentences, but I do like that. Um, I was actually reading, um, I've been reading uh, Frederick Douglass's uh, speeches and letters, and he gives a speech to um, some people in England that he'd been there for, you know, over a year, and he's going to come back to America, and he's, you know, talking about a lot of the things he's 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 criticizing america for its downfalls obviously because of slavery Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and it's interesting listening to his life experiences and his wanting to change america versus how they're framing it in 2021 and it's just it's it's been i mean Mm. I mean, two different times, two different perspectives, but, you know, sometimes history can be forgotten, maybe. I don't know. But, um, but I mean, that is a very fair, I mean, yeah, you know, you're rude. You're talking about Jefferson. Yeah, Jefferson wasn't perfect. Um, no, it was Washington. Washington. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they own slaves. And, I mean, Washington slaves were buried in, you know, essentially, I guess, unmarked graves. Or yes. maybe over time it just, you know. No, they're, they're unmarked they're graves. There's a burying ground out back that is finally being uh, recognized. And at Jefferson, uh, um, at, at Monticello, same thing, unmarked burying ground. And what we're finding out is it's where they built the parking lot now. Mm. Well, to be fair, those bodies aren't there anymore. That well, and the parking lot is also a modern construct. Oh, I know that. Right, I get that. But I mean, to, but th- that's just. I mean, the fact. It's not that today we said, well, let's build the parking lot, and oh, here, there's, there's this, the, uh, the the enslaved burying ground. That seems like the logical spot. The fact is that it was so unimportant in the moment in in 1780-whatever, 1790-whatever, that the, it was so unimportant to mark the graves of the enslaved that we just don't know where they were buried because, eh, just put them over there. And so now you come back in, later on, nobody knows what's there. You start digging, it's like, oh, boy, there's bones. Okay, we got something going on here. And, you know, having a, a relative... Because the Jefferson plot was well underneath and having a relative that's or an ancestor that's buried under a parking lot, it is kind of um, depressing. It's kind of um, sure uh, frustrating. I mean, right. to have that kind of I don't know. I don't know how to. I, but, Which one of your you relatives know, is under a parking lot? Uh, Wall Valentine Hatfield. He oh. was he was you know died in prison. No one came to collect the body because I think they thought that they were going. to... He was only in prison for like less than a year and no one would come to collect the body so they buried him in the prison uh cemetery which is basically a big mass grave and then they've essentially paved over that now and it's uh for an industrial park okay or some kind of thing like that so um of course neither america nor any other nation has perfectly lived up to the universal truths of equality liberty justice and government by consent but no nation before America ever dared state the, those truths as the formal basis for its politics, and none has strived harder or done more to achieve them. Lincoln aptly described the American government's fundamental principles as, quote, a standard maximum, maximum for, free soci- for free society, end quote, which should be, quote, familiar to all, and revered by all, constantly looked to, constantly labored for, and even though never perfectly attained, constantly approximated, end quote. But the very attempt to attain them, every attempt to attain them, would, Lincoln continued, constantly spread and deepen the influence of these principles and augment, quote, the happiness and value of life to all people of all colors everywhere, end quote. Where did Lincoln say that? Well, there's not a... We do not know. I think they just need to just keep adding Google search. Like, just Google it. It's there. (laughs) This reminds me of that. uh, (laughs) You guys remember the movie Starship Troopers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they would have, like, the news, like, the news reports. Would you like to know more? Like, I feel like I need a would you like to know more button right on my, you know, right on my screen. Yes, I would like to know more. I kind of feel Starship Troopers is Ender's Game 90210. That's if you've never read, if you well if you've read Ender's Game, but it's I mean it's the truth. Everyone's all pretty, and it's yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. and they're fighting bugs. Um, <laughs> the story of America is the story of this. This could not be more nerdy. I'm sorry. 
The story of America is the story of this ennobling struggle. The President's Advisory 1776 Commission presents this first report. This first report. Was there going to be another one? I mean, I they were. I, they were. I believe tasked with creating curriculum. Were they not? Yes. I I guess they really thought that. I guess Trump really did think that he. You know. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you think that you're going to win a second term? So I guess this was going to be an ongoing. I mean, you're thing. you're acting under the yeah. I, Trump's um, first report commission meeting on this. The the commission met in January of 2021. Well after, in fact, the day before the insurrection at the Capitol, he'd already lost the election. Yeah, uh, whatever. Well, the first meeting was the 5th. The day before the insurrection. Right, right. Um, So the President's Advisory 1776 Commission presents this first report with the intention of cultivating a better education among Americans in the principles and history of our nation and in the hope that a rediscovery of those principles and the forms of constitutional government will lead to a more perfect union. <gasps> They're stealing right from our documents. Sorry. Um, well, as long as they cite them. Uh, uh, nope, <laughs> they won't. Um, although they do have the Declaration of Independence in this, like the full yeah. declaration yeah, yeah. Um, later, uh, which, uh, you know, part two, the meaning of the declaration um. Uh, I guess we do. We want to. I mean, we've talked about the Declaration of Independence. Do we want to go through this? I what guess? they claim the meaning is. Okay. Well. All right. Here we go. We can step Strap into it. In. Before we do that, <laughs> um, can, can can we talk about who the eighteen members are? Here's who they are. Because I'm going to tell you anyway. Oh. Okay. The chair was Larry Arman, the Trump-aligned president of the conservative Hillside College. And the co-chair was Carol Swain, a conservative former professor at Vanderbilt Law School. Others appointed by Trump included his ex-domestic policy advisor, Brooke Rollins. Charles R. Kessler, who edits the conservative Claremont Review of Books. Conservative activists Ned Ryan and Charlie Kirk. Phil Bryant, the Republican governor of Mississippi. Uh, Victor Hansen, John Gibbs, Scott McNeely, Peter Carson. Uh, uh, Kirsenau, uh, Thomas Lindsay, and Mike, Michael Ferris, and Bob McEwen. I see, number one, no names on that commission that I'm really familiar with. Number two, I see no names on that commission of historians that uh, have a lot of respected work out there. And if this I mean, is, it would have meant more if like Lady Gaga was on there, because I've heard of right. her. No, right. but I mean, if you get somebody like Gordon Wood or Alan Gelzo or uh, Stephen A. Schmidt or or Howard Zinn or Kevin Bryant. That was that or, was You didn't catch that, did you? I did. You did. Um, Hatfield didn't catch it. I just I, I think it says something. I mean, we're seeing a very big slant on who's on there, and it's a very very specific sect of people. That not are being, that this is, I mean, not that this is the same. I consider myself a historian, but I'm not. Um, for I looked up uh, Thomas Lindsay uh, because somebody had asked earlier. Um, Thomas Lindsay is an American academic who briefly served as the president of Shimer College. He was the deputy chairman of the National Endowment for the Humanities until, until December 2008. He was also the director of the NEH We the People Initiative, which funds programs, research, and other activities that explore significant events and themes in U.S. history and culture. 
and advanced knowledge of the principles that define America. He serves as the director of the Center for Higher Education at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, which is a conservative think tank. So that's who Thomas Lindsay, as you asked earlier. I looked his name up. There he is. Not that that means Well, anything. but Rude does have an interesting point because one, um, when they were the, you know, when we were talking about textbooks and how, uh, you know, the majority of the textbooks are governed by your market size, which is typically Texas sure. and California. Right, right. Um, one of the the chairman, I think, of the one that was deciding for Texas was uh, a dentist. And um, so it was just kind of like, wow, here a dentist is trying to determine what should sure. be in a history textbook. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so there is some not to say, you know, he may not understand his history, but um, you kind of do want to have somebody who has uh, some sort of professional, I guess, um, acumen into the, you know, what it is that you're supposed to be kind of helping to chair or steer. Sure. John um, Gibbs appears to be the lone person of color. And I have yet to find somebody who's not a hardcore conservative. Well, I mean, the purpose of this is, is conservative. Carol, uh, Carol Swain is an African-American woman. So, okay. She's, there's two. She's the vice chair. There's two. But again, I mean, you have Trump. This is called the 1776 Commission. To think that it would be, you know, the the, the stated purpose of it is, uh, you know, let's – it is partisan. I it's mean, extremely partisan. That's the problem. So, well, but, you know, uh, it's to say, well, there's no liberals on there. Well, I mean, yeah, well, I, I don't know what – honestly what to expect. I mean – I, I get what you're saying. What I'm saying is if we're going to put this out and say this is what we're going to teach the children of our country, this is what we need to teach them, then we had better come out and, and, and have a well-balanced, large picture. Yeah. Because here's the problem. They're upset. The, the, this commission, not so much the commission, but the guy who, who formed the commission, and that would be Donald J. Trump, was upset that the 1619 Project had a very one-sided approach and a very... Uh, specific approach to how they want to do things. I agree that the 1619 Project very much was a one-sided approach to this, but it seems like this is just the pendulum swinging the other way rather than saying, let's look at the big picture and say, okay, what works there? What else do we need to have there? So we get the full picture rather than, and again, here's the difference. The 1619 Project was put out by a private entity, the New York Times, a private entity. It's a newspaper. I get that. The 1776 commission, the 1776 report is being put out by the U.S. government who represents everybody in the country. There's a difference. No, that's a fair point. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I, I hesitate to say that just because conservatives are on there that this thing should be like just completely ruled out because in order for it to be. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm saying that right. you need to have a balance. And you well, need yeah, to- a balance. Yeah. If you had maybe, yeah, if you had either liberals or right. if it's more moderate instead of, you know. Right. If you um, only put the liberals the on. The obvious domestic terrorists that are on this commission. Sure. Absolutely. 
Well, right. It, you know, that's what I'm getting at is if you put only liberals on there, that's just as bad. That doesn't work either because now we're getting a very one-sided uh, report the other way. And I don't agree with the, the full on, you know, I've heard some very, very liberal interpretations of history that I don't agree with. A lot of them, in fact, I think they go too far. But this doesn't, neither, neither one of them really does a good job of balancing it out. In the world so, we live in, what did you expect? So if you said that the Washington Times had put forth this 1776 commission report, you'd be better with it. I didn't say that either. Well, but you're saying so, the 1619 project, which, you know, was released by oh, the New York Times. So you're OK. Uh, it's yeah. a private entity. The Washington Times is more of a conservative leaning. OK, yes. Yes. I think it I think it would have been received better. Yes. Oh, not, See, I, not think, received better. I, I think the exact opposite. Let me refer. I, maybe I, I, it would be received better by rude. <laughs> all, all, well, all then I mean, that's all that's really necessary right but we now you're, i mean you you're com- now we're comparing apples to apples is what i mean by that now as far as received better by the nation i don't know about that i think it oh, would yeah. well, I, it would have become a pissing match again uh between yes absolutely i think that's where you're going with it uh, uh Geldmacher, that it, um we would have seen backlash back the other direction um Against the the Times saying or the 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 Washington Times saying, you know, what are these guys thinking? This is ridiculous. How could they distort American history like this? It would it it doesn't matter who put it out because that's the world we live in. It doesn't matter if it's it's swinging and no one is there to stop the stop the thing from swinging and say, cut the crap. But uh, but I kind of agree if um if. If Obama, if during the Obama administration, the 1619 Project had been released as a government document, I think conservatives would be pretty angry about that, especially if it was fully stacked with uh, very liberal individuals instead of a private entity releasing it. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand that. Um, The United States of America is, in most respects, a nation like any other. It embraces a people. This is, okay, the second. This is the meaning of the Declaration. This is the second uh, section. It embraces a people who inhabit a territory governed by laws administered by human beings. That's, yeah, I don't know too many other nations that are governed by aliens or, you know. Um, cows. I don't know. The I don't governor know governed by cows, or in in some places, uh, it's it's elephants because of what they can produce. I think just I, I, if you look at the first sentence, I th- I, is a nation like any other. It basically it's just laying out how much we I, are. I'm just all, being, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I'm just I get it. Um, like other countries, our country has borders, resources, industries, cities, and towns, farms and factories, homes, schools, and houses of worship. And although a relatively young country, its people have shared a history of common struggle and achievement from carving communities out of a vast, untamed wilderness to winning independence and forming a new government through wars, industrialization, waves of immigration, technological progress and political change. I do have a little bit of an uh, issue with considering it uh, an untamed um, because obviously the Native Americans believed it to be, you know, a common place. It's sort of like when, right. you know, Lewis and Clark said we we're about ready to set foot um, in an area where civilized, you know, a person had never trod, and it's kind of like really, well, yeah. But you know, it's uh, I don't, it's nitpicky again. It's well, um, it's a very Euro 
centric Eurocentric, answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in other respects, however, the United States is unusual. Mm-hmm. It is a <laughs> republic. That is to say, its government was designed to be directed by the will of the people rather than the wishes of a single individual or a narrow class of elites. Republicanism is an ancient form of government, but one uncommon throughout history, in part because of its fragility, which has tended to make republics short-lived. Contemporary Americans tend to forget how historically rare republicanism has been, in part because of the success of republicanism in our time, which is derived in no small part from the very example and success of America. Okay. All right. Um, Do you think... I'm going to ask a rude question here. Uh, Not rude as in rude, like Jason rude. Um, Do you think that there... Uh, that their their repeated use of republicanism is uh, a partisan term no. that's couched in a republic kind of. I thing. mean, you and, could see it that way, but if you understand the, and this goes back to my displeasure with the word democracy, not because it's connected to the word democrat, but because it means something different when you break down the the word parts when you go back to the ancient Greek. Um, the idea of democracy is is basically it means the uh, the voice of the people or the will of the people, and republic means that you have people representing those members of the public. It's republic literally means to public again, right? You're right, as in as in a, a, a representation of the public. Yes. Um, so. They've used representative form of government or just, you know, uh, they, he, he, yes. Um, uh, I do not like how the modern political parties have taken these right. names and, and, and I don't want to use the word distort, but I'm having a really hard time finding a different word. Uh, not distort. That's not what I mean, but I've kind of, I, I was going to use the word bastardized. Um, <laughs> it's, sure. Hijacked is good too uh kind of taken these terms to stand for something else when that's not necessarily what they mean you know what i mean well i, I mean it, it if, you're gonna, me. if you're going i think uh i had read that um i think uh trump and some of, some of his allies are trying to create another uh political Ugh. party i think and it's i, I i'm I, I need to i don't know i think their their thing is a lion well, like Democrat was, uh, if I'm correct, was you know the Democratic Party started with uh, with Jackson, Andrew Jackson, mm-hmm. and they called him a jackass, and so there was a you know so the donkey kind of became the symbol of the Democratic followers because of jackasses, uh, elephants. Uh, I can't think of how the elephant. I can't remember how the elephant necessarily came to be that. Um, that particular one but uh um but yeah i mean you when you're forming a uh, a political party then it's like i tell the kids you know if it's democracy isn't necessary i mean when they're talking about democrat it's not or democracy they're not referring to the the democratic party and if we're talking about republicanism we're not necessarily talking about but you know if you're making your own it's not going to be we want to be the oppressive elitist party i mean you you want to have something that appeals yeah something that people can draw on as as, oh i know that phrase but i just i don't like how it's i don't like it (laughs) you know i wish there was some sort of way to not have it be that 
Right. But, you know, okay. such is life. Uh, good. No, I, just, I was just curious. Um, in two de- uh, decisive respects, the United States of America is unique. First, it has a definite birthday, July 4th, 1776. Second, it declares from the moment of its founding not merely the principles on which its new government will be based. It asserts those principles to be true and universal, quote, applicable to all men and all times, end quote, as Lincoln said. Again, good idea to, you know, have where your quotes are coming from. Yeah, I mean, I guess the academics felt like the words Lincoln were enough because, well, other academics will read this and know exactly what we're talking about. But for the common person reading it, welcome to it. As Lincoln said, (laughs) don't believe everything you see on the Internet. Internet, right. (laughs) Um, other nations may have birthdays. For instance, what would eventually evolve into the French Republic was born in 1789 when Parisians stormed a hated prison and launched the downfall. You never hear somebody talking about their beloved prison. It's true. Um, it's true. Stormed a hated prison, also known as the Bastille, which, by the way, my wife and I were uh, out um, at a we were looking for like, you know, possible furniture, like end tables and stuff. And I saw a key that I thought I was like, is this like the Bastille key? You know, like the one they've they, they got <laughs> hanging in the Mount Vernon. But I'm like, but they're selling it. But of course, it's obviously not the one. But I'm thinking <laughs> so someone bought one from Mount Vernon and came and sold it to them. And there's and come to find out. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that one. It was because <laughs> I actually asked. I said, is this the Bastille key? And they're nice. like, oh, we don't, we don't know. And I'm like, and my wife is like, you know, they're thinking, God, we got another one of those in here right now. <laughs> so, it's, it's why docents, I think, hate me because I start asking questions about things and they're like, God, this guy's going to be in just, and he's going to annoy me. Insufferable. What? <laughs> Insufferable. <Right. laughs> um, when Parisians stormed a hated prison and launched the downfall of the French monarchy and its aristocratic regime, the People's Republic of China, dun, 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 was born in, that's not in there, I just added that for a fact, <laughs> um, was born in 1949 when Mao Zedong's uh, Chinese Communist Party defeated the nationalists in the Chinese Civil War. Um, they don't talk about Chiang Kai-shek. Okay, that's kind of weird. But France <laughs> and China as nations... Um, but France and China's nations as peoples and cultures inhabiting specific territories stretch back centuries and even millennia over the course of many governments. There was no United States of America before July 4th, 1776. There was not yet formally speaking an American people. There were instead living in the 13 British colonies in North America, some two and a half million subjects of a distant king. Those subjects became a people by declaring themselves such and then by winning the independence they had asserted as their right. They made that assertion on the basis of principle, not blood or kinship or what we today might call ethnicity. Mm. Hold on. Read it again. Uh, do what? R- read it again. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm reading it again because I didn't. I was, oh, yeah, I was that's that's so scrolling. The, the the impli- by the way. So the implication is that they made that assertion. It's, on it's the not basis. about it's not about the color of your skin as as far as who founded the country. Um, it's about the fact that they did it. Uh, but they went. Uh, but this commission goes on to say, or starts out by saying the uh, thirteen colonies fought for their their freedom. And who was it that was fighting for their freedom for the benefit oh, on, of economics? Okay, the, the actual sentence reads... Yeah. 
They made that assertion on the basis of principle, not blood or kinship or what we today might call, quote unquote, ethnicity. Let's read. Let's read on to see if there's yeah. any more. I believe it. Um, go, I believe it goes on to explain it. It's kind of what it hints at. Yet this fact must be properly understood, as John Jay explained in Federalist Two. Oh, there's a citation. Papers. Outstanding. Um, but is it really a citation? It's, it's, not a an, it's an in-text but, citation. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's in text. It's it, that's legit. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is the uh, quote. Uh, Providence has been pleased to give this one connected country to one united people, a people descended from the same ancestors. Uh-oh. Speaking the same language, professing the same religion, attached to the same principles of government, very similar in their manners and customs, and who, by their joint councils, arms, and efforts, fighting side by side throughout a long and bloody war have nobly established general liberty and independence. Yet, as Jay and all the founders well knew, the newly formed American public were not quite as homogenous in ancestry, language, or religion as this statement would seem to assert. They were neither wholly English, nor wholly Protestant, nor wholly Christian. Some other basis would have to be found and asserted to bind the new people together and to which they would remain attached if they were to remain a people. That basis was the assertion of universal and eternal principles of justice and political legitimacy. Mm, I mean, I, I see where he's so, coming from. I, I mean, the, the, the Federalist too, if I could, is... Uh, it's... An essay concerning dangers from foreign force and influence. Now, I'm, I'm imagining the J is citing the reasons for the founding of the country in contrast to the founding of other foreign forces and then is explaining the differences. I'm not sure. But um, I, mean, I, I feel like this is a little clunky as well because is, they, do, they do make an attack on ethnicity by using what we today might call ethnicity without at this point describing what they're referencing ethnicity means. Yeah. But then goes on to quote John Jay, who actually talks about how we are one people, one language, one ancestor, but then goes in to say, well, they weren't really. (laughs) Right. So it's kind of like they're saying we are, and then saying we are, and then saying, well, we're not really. And it's, I don't. It's almost like they're allowing John Jay to hang himself with his own words because then they come in and swoop it in and save the day. But they're the ones who brought up John Jay in the first place. Right. Well, they make that assertion on the basis of principle, not blood or kinship. So it's like, okay, well, we, we weren't founded this way, but John well, Jay says we were, but then we weren't, we weren't really. Well, then why bring it up? I guess. I don't. I guess. I, I guess. And again, I'm in no way speaking for this commission. Um, They talk about the idea that America is not necessarily the way you look. It's about the ideals, which I I mean, that's fine. Whatever. Um, Do I agree with that? 100%? Probably not. But then they bring up the the way that John Jay spoke about it. And and he says this, which it it kind of backs that up where it's not about what you look like or, or where you come from. And then they say, and 
while we appreciate what John Jay said, it's not exactly the way we look at it today. That's kind of what it feels like. It's super clunky, like you said. So John yeah. Jay is considered to be a founder. They keep talking about how the framers of the country, the framers of the country, and they say John Jay is one of these people, and then they turn and say, so let me back up. They say uh, oftentimes here we hear them say the framers of the country said this. They got it right. We should trust what they had to say. And then we say, John, yeah, like you said, they bring up John Jay, but then they say, well, but maybe we shouldn't listen to exactly what John Jay said. Yeah. That's contradictory. Yeah, it's contradictory. We're, we're easy, yeah. you know, it's easy to learn about America and its principles by looking at the record, whatever that is. So mm-hmm. let's take a look at the record and also say that's not really true either. I mean, so it's. It, I guess if you were, if you were breaking it down into the simplest form, it's that. I mean, uh, that even the words of the founders are complicated. Right. I don't, I don't but, know. Uh, but the purpose of this report isn't to make things complicated. It's to try and like create uh, which, a more idealized. But they, they go on to say that, you know, we are a nation like any other. We have borders. We have this yeah. and that and the other. But then they're saying that our principles are our founding principles are universal and eternal. And so it's kind of like, so are we a people or are or is everybody American? Because these are universal truths. I mean, the so rights of the rights of humans are, are are what we are, how they are described in the Declaration. Those are the rights of humans. It's what you do with those rights that creates things like the United States or not. OK, mm. I mean, you, you, you choose to establish governments or not. You know, you, you have the right to do so. I think that's what right. I mean. I mean, that's what I always understood Jefferson to mean when he wrote that. I could be wrong, but well, um, let's um, let's try and make it through this section, and then we'll kind of. Oh, well, how much do we have left? Because we got. Oh, that's two pages, brother. We got uh, well, two. I mm. promise not to say anything if you. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, it's, not, it's yeah, it's another. Let's um. Or do you want to like just take a break and we re Oof. we return to this next episode and I don't want to read the whole nine eleven commission report. <laughs> or, or, no, I don't either. Whole, but I mean, maybe. But well, when we start getting into well, I mean, it's the when we get to section four, they talk about the challenges to America's principles and they list the challenges as slavery. I think that's the part that's probably progressivism. Fascism, communism, racism, and identity politics. All right, so that's where we'll pick up next week. Oh, fun! Well, I mean, uh, the biggest thing I so want to for get anyone out listening at home, if you want to do your homework and catch up, so that we're all be on the same page. <laughs> um, no, because I mean, if we're if we want to talk about why these are why they consider these problems then, you know, we have to, I mean, even though we're establishing that the wording of this is kind of clunky, um, I think it might, if we want to really take a look at this, it might be important that uh, we... I guess it's supposed to be written for the common person, but it's definitely not written for the common person. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know I don't if know. many people... Well, look, here, here's the thing. Anyone that's, uh, to our listeners who are listening to this... Um, Go ahead and shoot us, uh, you know, a message. Uh, we'll we'll obviously, you know, put a uh, on our Facebook page. We'll have or, you know, on our social media pages. 
Um, we'll put a link to this. And please hop on and just write a comment about if this sounds like something that is understandable to you, um, whether you're a history person or not. Um, and if... Um, if there's if you think that um, it, it is clunky or if you think, no, this has some um, strong, like, you know, points to make, um, be interested to hear what um, our listeners think. I'll say the same thing that I tell my students. Don't believe anything that I tell you. Go out and look at the words yourself. And if it requires you to do some extra homework on top of that, then so be it. Do your due diligence. Um, be a student of something that interests you. If you, if you're interested in this research it, I mean, just like we are, just like we will be doing, um, you know, what one person in a classroom says means nothing. If you haven't done your own homework and formed your own thoughts and opinions on something. So do the work, do the home. If you're well, interested in this, we're going to, we're going to talk through it. But if you're interested in, in, in understanding the backstory, do the work. Well, let's let's real quick before we yeah. were to retire okay. this. The next paragraph says, but this too must be qualified. Note that Jay lists six factors binding the American people together of which principle is only one. The most important or decisive one to who? Is it the first one that he lists? But still only one and it's insufficient by itself. Ooh. So it's they're saying that there's one it, it's the there's six okay. factors binding American people together, of which principle is only the first one. But he says it's the most important, but that's not the first one that actually he listed. I think they're so, saying it's the most important one that he brought up. Well, who says that? They, they say are. that? Yeah, they okay. think they are. Yeah. Um, but still only one and insufficient by itself. The well, American I, founders understood that for Republicanism to function and endure, a Republican people must share a large measure of commonality in manners, customs, language, and dedication to the common good. I don't necessarily disagree with most of that. Some of the wording I do disagree with, like the language part. But the idea that we are, in, uh, I mean, I, the idea that we are forming this government for a reason. It's something we, we should probably all agree on. Would well, you? Well, I mean, the Federalist Papers discuss that, you know, again, if men were angels, then government wouldn't be necessary. So there's a reason for, right. you know, needing to have. I think, I a think that's law. what they're saying is that it's while principle is the most important, it's insufficient by itself. Meaning that there are other way more other things that go into the creation of a nation, not just common principles. But they do start to tread a little lightly in xenophobia. And, yeah. I mean, um, again, I don't like the use of the word language. I don't like the, uh, well, the commonality, the Republican people must, uh, uh, a Republican people must share a large measure of commonality in manners, customs, language, and dedication to the common good. This is, uh, it's, this is not too unlike what Teddy Roosevelt said. Um, when he spoke about the idea of, what it meant to be American. Um, you can be from other countries, but ultimately we are, if you live here, we're all American. Now you can take that out and, and, and split it and divide it any way you want to and make Roosevelt sound like a huge xenophobe and make me sound like one too, for even quoting him. But I think that the idea is that you can come from Jamaica. You can come from somewhere in Europe. You can come from somewhere in, uh, you know, Africa or wherever. Um, when you come here, welcome 
to America. You're I, now an American. I don't think that's right. and also that and also where you come from as well. I don't think that's the part that the 1776 commission has denied. I think the part they've denied is the part where some um, some groups have gotten a better taste of America and and the the good parts of America than others where the 1776 commission there not the 1770 the 1619 project very much focused on one sect of America not getting the same American dream as another sect of America. And at the end of the day, that's what this comes down to, I think. Well, this last one, this last sentence, and we can, you know, this is a good place, I think, for mm-hmm. for, for us to break for this episode. Um, it is trying to say we must be assimilated. Um, and I mean, and the thing is, is that. I mean, that, I mean, when it says a large measure of commonality and manners, and I'm not trying to say that we should have that the, you know, America should be like, you know, oh, well, we got France, Germany, Italy all together in this whatever thing. Yeah, there should be some understanding that the Constitution is the law of the land and that kind of stuff. But if you're coming over here and it's like, OK, well, you can only have hamburgers and steak, you know, then we'll all these, you know, foods and traditions that people have brought with them, clothing and that kind of stuff kind of doesn't make what I feel, you know, the melting pot or however you want to refer to it as America, America. And I don't think they said either of those things. I don't think they said you can have nothing. And a large measure of commonality in manners, customs, language, language, dedication. dedication. And I, and I understand where that sounds like that. I personally, as the white guy, whatever, um, don't think it, means as drastic of a change as I know it's been a long time, time but uh, I'm white too I'm oh I, I oh I had no idea hmm. well yeah well you know there you go no <laughs> no but it's and I'm not trying to say that it's an either or it's the the sure. way that they word this for such a document for this particular purpose again it's Is not it clunky? only clunky <laughs> but it's it's I mean it, uh, it's it's getting into some dubious territory I feel so well, let's see it out. Um, but anyway, so um, I think we could probably um, kind of maybe we can uh, for the next episode sort of hit some of the high points and then we can get into what they consider to be the uh, challenges to America's principles. Okay. Um, and uh, instead of because, I mean, it's it's, you know, technically 40 some pages we're not reading all 40 pages. Um, but not, we can't. We don't have to go through all. Well, we don't have to go through all the 40 some pages anyway because uh, they've got the Declaration of Independence, and there's no point in us well, you know, reading that. Um, really, we would just need to get through uh, page 20, which is uh, the conclusion, and the rest of it is you know Declaration and religious liberty, uh, faith in America's principles. Civil and religious. Okay, so I don't know. Anyway, so we'll so wait. Maybe we bros. can hit some of the high points and then go into uh, what the challenges are after that. So for the history bros, this is Jason Rude signing off for the day, along with Brian Gelmacher. Jason Rude, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, what? I, I, I'm, in, I'm involved in this too. I, and Jason Hatfield. Yeah. Did I say Jason Rude twice? Yes. Yeah, I, was I like, think what? that means that Jason Hatfield doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really? 
Way to go. I guess we need commonality of names on this as well. Well, we thought first names was enough. Clearly not. Jeez. No. So for the History Bros, my name is Jason Rude, joined by uh, Flank. Jason Rude and Brian Brian Gelmacher and (laughs) Jason Hartfield. uh, Oh, (laughs) jeez. Okay, Jason Rub. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you soon. That's the part where you say Jesus. Deuces.